welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is Court Winsett. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Court. Welcome to my podcast. Oh, it's yours now. What do you think? No? And there's the opening bell. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, I know I told y'all last episode, but I want to reiterate, like, so much keeps coming up in conversations, especially with me talking, um, you know, it's the first of the year, a lot of plans are changing for employers. They're like retirement plans and new eligibility, or they're getting new accounts. And there just seems to be so many questions out there. And I know that I think I went back and it was like episode 32. We did a whole dive on retirement plans and the difference between traditional and Roth. So in some aspects of this episode, it's going to be a little bit of a repeat, but I'm highlighting mainly on this episode about some of those common mistakes that I'm in the business, I'm dealing with this every day, I know is, you know, something that people are missing and messing up on, but I've realized that everyone is so busy, they're working hard, they're, you know, trying to Working for a living. Yep. They're uh, trying to take care of their families, and so they may not think about some of these details. And so I thought, let's just throw it together in a podcast, some of these just hot topic mistakes. But before we get to that, really was trying to think about doing a list. And I know last episode, we really hit on those TV shows in the work environment and and talked about some of those movies like Horrible Bosses and Office Space. And, you know, I don't even think we mentioned 9 to 5, but that's a great working movie. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, don't don't go poison your boss with some rat poison, but that is a... I thought I put Skinny... Was it Skinny Sweet? I think something. Something like that. So I thought there's some great songs out there that are about working. So this is a list that we put together of songs about work. Okay, so uh, you 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 gonna start working for a living? Huey Lewis in the news, baby. Yep. Talking about my my da- Sharona. <laughs> like, where are you going with this? It's just a it's a band from my youth. Okay. Uh, I do not know this one, but Six Days on the Road by Sawyer Brown. I've never heard of the song, nor have I heard of the person. So. Okay. Uh, next would be, uh, this, okay, Nine to Five by Dolly Parton. Yeah. Such a great song and a great movie. (laughs) Hard working man, Brooks and Dunn. Hmm. Um, okay. Shift Work by Kenny Chesney. (laughs) There's a lot of country singers that have done working songs. I feel like we should bring up, uh, take this job and shove it. Oh no, it's, it's sorry. It's It's on the list. Okay. We, we did mention that last time. Yeah, we did. 40 Hour Week by Alabama. Okay. Working Man's PhD by Aaron Tippin. I don't know. It was it was a list. Okay. I, I didn't know people, you know, they may know it. Working Man's Blue by Merle Haggard. Working Man Blues by Merle Haggard. I know who Merle Haggard is. I can't say that I'm particularly familiar with his with his music, yeah. but Oh, I got to get the next one. You can't have it. Oh, okay. Hi Ho from Snow White. Okay. Which I mean, Come on. Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go. Well, I love your notes on this one because it says here, Hi-ho was first recorded in 1553 as an expression of yawning, sighing disappointment. Yeah, I thought that was crazy that that's where the whole Especially hi-ho came from. Especially because back in 1553, they couldn't record stuff. So that's really impressive. recorded. 
Oh. Like hand. So you're serious. This was a, this wasn't a mistype. It was actually first recorded in 1553. That's what the internet says is that that phrase Well, hi, if the internet says it, you know it's true. The phrase says hi ho that they date it back to 1553 and that's what the word the phrase was meant for. I was just picturing someone in a recording booth in 1553 not the and I was song, having fun hi-ho. with you. No. <laughs> it's not it didn't become the song until obviously Walt Disney created Snow White, mm-hmm. which was his first motion picture. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that was a big deal. But you think about it, that song, so many people will sing when they're like on their way. Um, okay, <laughs> next is uh, A Hard Day's Night. The Beatles. The Beatles. Mm-hmm. Taking care of business every day. I did not know. Taking what they're given. Because that's back to. Sorry, it's just taking care of business reminded me of the first song that we mentioned, uh, Working for a Living. Because taking care of business, but then there's taking what they're given because I'm working for a living. So, anyway. They all kind of roll together. There's a take. There, here's another take. It's take this job and show it. We already mentioned that yeah. one. She works hard for the money. So hard for it, honey. I love that song. Just another Manic Monday. By the Bangles. Yep. And then Working Girl, Cher. Working Girl by Cher. I don't yep. I don't know that one either, but I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't listen to a lot of Cher. Hopefully now one of those has gotten stuck in your head. So as you're listening to this podcast, you're also humming that song. And then when somebody asks, why are you singing Hi-Ho or Working for a Living? You can say, oh, I listen to this great podcast, Bullcast Podcast. <laughs> Maybe. You can then direct them to our website, <laughs> bullcastpodcast.com. We're, or, hey, have them check out our Twitter. <laughs> we're not to the end yet. We're just getting started. I know, but it doesn't hurt to, you know, trickle it. I mean, some people may not listen to us after we say, eh, we're out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of people that have heard that closing bell speech a lot. It's not like I change it up all that much, so... Okay, so we in this episode are talking to you guys that are actively working somewhere who more than likely is offering some kind of employer um, retirement plan. And in this, I'm going to probably say 401k, but just know that there are, depending on where you are, it could be a 457, it could be a 403b. Every single plan and every single employer handles these things totally different. They all have rules that they have to follow, that they have to be governed by and make sure they're, you know, straight and narrow and doing everything correct, but they all throw a different spin on it. And that's, I can tell you from being on the advisor side of it, helping companies set these up that they're all so different. And then looking at people's so different. Yeah. So, so basically what you're saying is if you default to like your normal language, stuff that we talk about frequently, probably the most common um, qualified retirement plan nowadays mm-hmm. is a 401k. So we talk about that a lot. Yeah. Or we talk about IRAs a lot. Basically, ladies and gentlemen, if if we're saying that, we're probably saying that in reference to retirement plans in general. We're yeah. You know, so so just assume that the that we're going to be talking broadly enough that what we're saying could very well could very well apply to your retirement plan as well, even if it's not a four hundred one k. And I'm going to say this about ten hundred times in this episode. Ten hundred. Yes, ten hundred times. Okay. <laughs> um, all of them are unique. All of them are a little different, and so it's fine to ask questions and verify what it is. But let's get into this. So. Here are just kind of some different 
myths and mistakes that I've come across just recently that a lot of people are having issues with. And it's, okay, so having a 401k plan or a retirement plan or whatever it could be, it's one of the smartest things you can do to secure retirement because it's important to manage that account carefully and not make critical mistakes that can really have you kicking yourself when you get to that time where you're switching from a paycheck to a playcheck and you're done with that job and moving on. And so that's where, first off, 401ks, retirement plans, if your company offers something, do it. Be a part of that plan. Do it. Yes. Do it. Enroll, sign up, whatever happens. A lot of times, if you first come on as an employee and you're offered the ability to sign up for the retirement plan, it's a no-brainer. You're kind of just, as you're doing all the other getting things set up, you just set that up. But what happens is if you're at a place that you have to be there for a year or two months or whatever they determine you need to be there, that's where a lot of people then forget. And they don't they don't put a mark in their notes of saying, hey, I need to remember to check on this. Yes, your, your company, your HR, whoever it is, should alert you to it. But let's think about this. If you're busy in your work life and then your personal life, and you may see that email come across of, hey, it's time to, you know, you're eligible now to enroll for your retirement plan, you may miss it. And then a lot of them have a very small window of time to enroll. I mean, I'm going to get real for just a second. Okay, there, get real. There, you, you, might, you might get end up in a job where you have uh, an employer who has... Um, who, who basically you have to you have to opt out of the plan if you if you don't opt out you're automatically enrolled in mm-hmm. in the retirement plan that the employer offers or you might be hired by somebody where you have to actively pursue enrollment a, a lot of the people out there that that are starting um, retirement plans they're doing it for one of I would think uh, just a few reasons either they're they're you know they're genuinely philanthropic and they just want to do what's best for humanity and <laughs> they know that offering a retirement plan is is good for their employees and so they're 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 good people and they want to be good they want to foster foster goodness and so forth and so they do it out of the kindness of their hearts and I say that with 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 a grain of of sort of skepticism in my voice. If if you can hear that, I apologize. I'm sure there are people out there like that that are legitimately just doing it because they they want to do what's best for their employees, and those are great people. Um, then there are the employers that do it because in this day and age, with uh, with wages getting getting pushed upward, people you know everywhere are demanding higher wage. They're demanding better benefits. An, uh, a, an entire uh, a retirement plan is is a benefit that it's employers a huge can benefit, offer. Yeah, um, and so they they offer it for that reason because they're trying to attract attract employees. Okay, and let me just be blunt. I'm you blunt me. I'm gonna be a little blunt. Sometimes I know it's crazy, but sometimes uh, employers are actually interested in maximizing their own savings, <gasps> and so you know. Under uh, many retirement plans, an employer's ability to, to save for themselves is entirely dependent or can be entirely dependent on how many employees participate and oh. how much their employees contribute. So, so I, they care about themselves, but they also you know, have to care about the other people. Yeah, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is an employer, they, they may offer it. They may, they may be motivated to get you to participate, but they may not. Uh, so ultimately, you really shouldn't rely on someone else 
to to establish your plan, to establish your savings. You should have your own discipline. Take responsibility. Yes. So um, a basic rule of thumb: you should be saving about ten percent of your 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 gross income. Uh, so if you've okay. got if you've got like for instance, if your employer offers a four percent match. Then that's that's four percent of your you know and, and so then you want to be putting away about six percent after that, but you can't rely on your employ. It, it might be in the employer's best interest for you to 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 save, but you need to have that dis that that discipline yourself. You need to know what your benefits are, and you need to make sure that you're taking advantage of them because. Just don't rely on everybody else. Do it for yourself. Do it for yourself. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a broken record here, but it's a balancing act because we have had those people that they put that 10% in because they hear someone like us say, do the 10%, but then they're like depriving themselves and eating on ramen noodles and sitting on cardboard boxes for furniture. Don't do that. Right. Balance. But as Court said, it's such a huge benefit because not everywhere offers a retirement plan. And if you have this opportunity to have a portion of your paycheck go automatically be pulled out and set aside for your future, for your retirement, then that is just kind of a no-brainer. It's just as you're automatically paying your bills, it's just automatically being taken care of that you're not having to think about it. Because it is it is study shows that if you have to then get your paycheck and then go and put in a retirement account, you're more than likely not going to do it. And it's not that you don't want to, it's just that other things will come up. Mm. So the, the biggest mistake people make is not enrolling. And that is crucial. Just sign up, participate, be a part of it. The next one is, and Court, you kind of started going that direction. Um, so companies will set these up and a lot of them will allocate in their budget a match. So what that is, is that they have said when they're doing their annual budget or quarterly budget, whatever it is, that I may pay this employee $50,000, but I'm willing to also provide them additional income in the form of a match to their retirement plan. And so if you do not maximize the match, and I know I did an episode about this, mm -hmm. if you do not maximize the match, you are leaving money on the table. So if an employer says, um, hey, if you put 4% into this retirement, if you put 4% of your money into this retirement account, I will also put 4%. Now, what this means is, you want to, to maximize the match, you want, and I'm doing my quotations. Y'all can't see my quotations. No, they can't see the finger Sorry. quotes, Katie. <laughs> finger quotes, you know, to maximize the match. Um, if you put in 4% of your paycheck into your retirement account, they will put in 4%. So you are getting the full max. The reason to do that, number one, if you don't get the full max, then you're leaving the money. full match. 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 Um, yeah then you are leaving money on the table. So then when, say, it rolls around that you're going and talking to your boss about, hey, you know, I've been working really hard. I've been here for three years. I've really contributed so much. I really want to look at doing a raise. What, what do you think? Well, some employers will actually pull that report and see, are you taking advantage of the additional money that they're offering you? Yeah, and you and I have actually butted heads on this point <laughs> before because, I mean, I think a lot of people's mindset is, well, yeah, but that's money for later. I need money now. So, you know, some people are not necessarily thinking about 
Um, and, and in fact, they're thinking, I need all of the money I can get right now. I can't even afford to put any away. So how are That's you going to... you slit them our card. <laughs> how are you going to, how are you going to tell me I can't get a raise because I'm not maximizing money that I'm going to get 20 years down the road? And, and I said some, again, not every, <laughs> not every employer may say this. I know that there are several that they consider that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's. I'm not saying it's necessarily unfair. I'm just giving you the other side of that yeah. argument, the from the employee's perspective. Okay. So, but on this, this is a hot button that I have because I've dealt with this a lot. If a employer, and again, guys, this is you know, you've got to read the fine print because there could be some that are different. How it typically works, and this kind of rolls into the next point of you. You've decided that you're going to sign up. You're now trying to figure out how much you're to contribute. This all kind of rolls into several mistakes that happen. So if you find out that your company has a match and say that you've determined you're going to go down the Roth route, which again, the Roth is where your contributions are after taxes. They're going in. So you're not going to get the tax benefit now, but you get the tax benefit Later, you're thinking your future self because that money is going to go in, and then when you retire, when you get past um, all the potential penalties, all of that, you can pull this money out tax free. Mm-hmm. So, maximizing the match, you've signed up, you're going to maximize the match, but before you do that, there's a couple other things that are happening. Okay. You need to figure out which direction are you going traditional, or are you going Roth? Right now, there's some people. You don't have an option. It is just traditional. And what traditional means is that that money is going in pre-tax. And so you're getting the tax break up front, helping, you know, your current situation because that money, the taxes are already taken, you know, pre-tax, all of that. Um, But what happens with this money is that down the road. When you take the money out. When you take the money out, Uncle Sam wants his money. Right. So you're going to have to pay taxes on it. And you're going to pay taxes uh, on the money that you take out Mm -hmm. according to the tax bracket that you are at the time that you withdraw it. So that's that is a a key element there. What what tax bracket are you in when you're when you're 65 and taking the money out or 70 and taking the money out or 72 and taking the money out versus what tax bracket are you right now? Yeah. And that's, you know, these contributions and the earnings, they're growing tax deferred. But obviously, if you're signing up and that's your only option, then still sign up. Mm-hmm. Don't not do it just because it's traditional. Right. Now, there's another option that some will have, and that is Roth. And that is one of those where your contributions is after tax, meaning there's no upfront tax deduction. However, I like to look at this one as you're thinking your future self because both the contributions and the earnings are tax-free at the age of 59 and a half, as long as you've held the account for five years. And that's one that you look at that one of, yeah, you're not getting the tax benefit now. It may seem like a little bit more money coming out because of the other traditional your being take pre-tax. Home is yeah, your take home is going to be less. Yeah. But if you are able to afford it, then your future self will thank you. I, I was explaining this to somebody the other day. When you are, you know, retired and you're looking at this account and you're like, oh, there's $65,000 in there. Well, if it's, you know, all Roth money, then that's, that's 65,000. If it's traditional, 
you need to start deducting because there's going to be a hefty tax bill associated with that. But I realize that some people don't have that option. So obviously, if it fits your timetable, if you think that taxes are going to be more expensive down the road, do the Roth option. Roth really is such a great thing. And and in this episode, we were just talking about the employer plans. We're not getting into the IRAs or anything like that. But part of this is why I bring this up in consideration with the matching. Yeah, because uh, my employer is going to match whatever I put in and they they match in a traditional. So don't I have to put yes. all my money in a traditional? Yes. Every, there may be some exceptions, but majority of all employers, their match money goes traditional. So your money does not have to be traditional for, to get that match. In most every single scenario I've found, I have yet to find one that's been different But that's a huge mistake I keep finding is that people are saying, well, my employer will match. I had somebody that I was talking to. He had 4% in a traditional, 10% in a Roth, and his company was matching 4%. And I said, why are you doing this? And they said, well, because to get the match. And I said, go and check with your HR. Figure out if there's some crazy reason why you have to, but your company should match whether you're putting in traditional or Roth. So that is a huge difference that yes, the money they put in will always be traditional, but majority of the time yours can be either Roth or traditional and mm-hmm. you still will get the ability of that match. Yes. As long as you're doing the percentage they want you to do, then you know that's what you've got to do. With that on contributions, another mistake that I've seen a lot of people have is that they may start out you know, brand new. I mean, think about it. Some people start in their career and they may start a job at like 25 and go, oh, I don't know that I can do a percentage. Let's do 50 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you know, maybe when you're first starting out, okay. But then fast forward a couple years and you're drastically increased your salary. You're doing really well. $50 a month, like, come on. That's where you need to Look at these different employer things and update it as your life is changing. I try and stress that, um, you know, it's one of those that these retirement dollars, they're so precious. You want to take care of them, but you don't want to helicopter parent them, but you also don't want to like stay away too much. Mm-hmm. It's You've got to find that balance. But too many people will set a contribution and it's they don't change it as their careers are changing, as their lifestyles are changing. I mean, I understand, uh, you know, somebody that's making $1,257 a month, somebody who's basically working 40 hours at $7.25 uh, per hour, you know, 55% uh, of that, you know, that's... That's a, a good chunk of dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, you may not be able to to afford to 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 pass on fifty dollars a month when you're basically every single dime that you have is yeah. going to your living expenses. Um, that 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 is a consideration. Um, but as you start to earn more, then you do start to see that you have that more disposable income. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes sense to to make it a percentage that will grow as your income. You know, your your percentage doesn't grow, but your the amount that is deducted grows as your income grows. Yeah. You know that 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 makes sense. Yeah, and on the flip side of it, because we've had some eager beaver uh, young people that have been like, 
oh, well, I, I'm living at home or I've got really low living expenses right now. And they're putting ridiculous amounts of money into their retirement plans. But it's almost just like they're, you know, the whole deferred Buddha, you know, deferred gratification thing of they're trying to put all this money away and they're living on ramen and cardboard furniture. So it's that balancing act. But also it's one of those, yes, increase your contributions as you can, evaluate as life happens. But also it's one of those, try not to have your first place to try and cut expenses be your retirement contributions. It's, I mean, I, I frankly, at one point I was like, oh, well, you know, we need to kind of adjust our budget. Maybe temporarily I need to adjust how much I'm putting into my retirement account. No, try not to do that. Now, obviously if you come on to hard times, yes, that's a place to cut, but um, try and use this as a discipline of knowing that it's your future self. And I know it is hard to think about, you know, in the distant future, but that's, that's something, try not to mess with that too much. Another part of it is investments. That's, that's huge on trying to figure out about the investments for your employer plans. And people make way too much mistakes with this because again, every plan is different. Some plans have a set, like four things you can pick from Mm -hmm. and that's okay. You go any, mini, money, not really. Don't do that. (laughs) Like have a thought process with it. Others, allow like I've heard people talking about they've got cryptocurrency and like stocks crazy kinds of different stocks and stuff in their retirement accounts and I'm like ooh think about that first you need to figure like everybody's different and what their goals are and what everybody they want. has a different risk number they do <laughs> for sure um and court when you were talking about before a lot of times some people are opted in to plans automatically mm-hmm. yeah a lot of these plans will automatically opt you into an investment plan called like a target date plan. And it'll say, you know, okay, that you're this age, we're thinking your target date of retirement is, you know, 2050. And so they'll put you in a fund essentially that is a mix of whatever your risk level is for however long you have for this money to grow until retirement. So a lot of times you're automatically put into that which is, it's fine. It's, you know, it's an okay plan, but again, precious, precious dollars. Take the time to find out what is the best investment options for you. And this is not one of those you set it and then you don't ever look at it again. Yeah, no, I was actually just thinking I need to, I need to, it's, it's beginning of the year. I need to go in and check my allocations and make sure they're still Mm -hmm. where I want them to be for this coming year because I haven't looked at them in a few months. So yeah. And see, few months, that's the thing, because some people obsess about this and will watch it and freak out and go and pull their money and make it all into cash or make crazy investment changes. And you've got to look at this as the long-term game. I mean, unless you're obviously, a, you know, close to about to retire, but at that point, you know, I hope you've found a partner and someone to kind of help tell you. I know a service that we do here is that if you're a client with us, we're going to help you look at these and make sure that you are, what you're doing with your employer plans is in line with what you may be allocating with us or what's in line with your overall financial plan. Because it's all one, you know, each of them are pieces of the pie going together. Another thing I'll tell you, and this is kind of like, it's a mistake. It's also like a preaching to the choir. I hear y'all, these websites are crazy. 
Well, yeah. I mean, I, okay. So again, just going from, from my experience with, with our 401k, um, I do have to, you know, again, because I don't, I don't go in and check my 401k every day. Um, you know, I don't obsess about it like that. Uh, so it takes me a second when I get back on the website, it takes me, uh, it takes me a little bit to remember, this is where I have to go to see this report, or this is where I have to go to see, you know, how I'm allocated or whatever, it, you know, because I don't see it frequently enough to, and there have been times when I've gone and when I've thought to myself, oh, I need to go look at that and I need to check it or whatever. And I'll go in and, and I'll click around for a second. I'll be like, oh, I don't have time for this right now. And I'll just... That's it. I mean, that's that's where everybody is so, so busy. And that's, I have had clients come in here and they brought their laptops and I've said, let's, let's pull up your 401k. Let's look at this. And I know what I'm looking for. And I have a struggles finding it. I'm like, what What have they done? They've hidden stuff. They've, they have made this so hard for you guys. And so I get it. It is, you don't have time for it. You, it, you may have intentions of going in there and changing stuff or checking stuff out or, you know, just making sure your beneficiaries are up to date. Cause that's a big one too, is if you get divorced, you might want to go and change your beneficiaries. You don't want uh, anything to get happen there. Um, or if you get married, you might want to, you know, take your parents off and put your spouse or I oh, listen, <laughs> one of my bullets that you don't actually have really as a, as its own separate bullet really is, is we're, we're going to talk about beneficiaries. Okay. okay. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. <laughs> yep. But I mean, it's, I, I, I see, I've probably within the past couple of weeks looked at 10 or 12 different 401k websites and they are all different. Some of them are very user-friendly, others are not. And so it's one of those, do not hesitate to talk to your HR person or whoever's supposed to be your 401k rep and say, hey, this is important to me. I need to understand this website. Or it's, you know, if you've got a partner like us, we'll sit there and, you know, grunt and groan with you and figure out what is on this because there is a lot of jargon for sure used in these plans and a lot of changes of how they label different things. And it's not that I don't think they're trying to confuse people, but it's just one of those that this is such a huge thing. And, and for a lot of people, this is the only savings they're doing. And so they need to make sure they understand it. So don't let time get the best of you that you don't understand what this plan is and what it is. Get a partner if you need to, to really help you understand what you have. Because again, the, the story I was telling about the individual who was doing 4% to traditional and for, to get the 4% match, but then was doing 12 to Roth. When he went to his HR person to ask that, he then found out that he has another option. He actually has a stock purchase plan, mm. which is another thing that he could be contributing to. And, you know, we're not going to get into all of that because the stock purchase plan is very specific to whichever company you're with and whether it's a best option for you or not. But I feel like if he had not gone and talked to them, then we may have missed out an opportunity. And in his case, it's it's a great option for him to be a part of that as well. So he kind of just switched what he was doing with the traditional and he's now moved that over to the stock plan. So it's all about, you know, rebalancing your money and he's not really changing what money he was already allocating to save. He's just, you know, I picture, this is really bad. This is just me loving the movie Clueless uh, when she's just like, well, when they didn't RSVP, we didn't tell them they couldn't come in. We just got in the kitchen, rearranged things a little bit, and it was all good. 
Okay, Court's looking at me like I'm crazy. Well, no, I just I, I'm I'm very familiar with Clueless, but I don't remember that line. <laughs> I'm. It's when she's giving her debate speech. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. She was talking about her dad's. It was like his fiftieth birthday. Mm. Okay. Sorry. You were gonna do your bullet about beneficiaries. Well, I, I do think it's very important for for people to please God, please, uh, from from the perspective of an estate attorney, for especially for from the perspective of an attorney that's that may be helping you with a probate or something, helping your family with a probate. Please, for all that is good and right and holy, um, please designate a beneficiary. Please go in there and make sure that you have someone designated. And if if you have a 401k, for instance, you're going to be required to list your spouse as your beneficiary and and or have your spouse sign something waiving mm-hmm. uh, being appointed as your beneficiary. But and if you if you have a spouse and you don't designate your spouse as your beneficiary and you don't have them waive it, then guess what? It still may go to your spouse. But that's about the only time when they automatically pick who your beneficiary is. So if you don't have a spouse, um, or if you if you do have your spouse designated, but you don't have a secondary designation, please go in and designate your beneficiary. Please go in and designate your primary beneficiary. Uh, please go in and, and designate who your, your secondary or contingent beneficiary will be. Because if you don't then that money is just going to go to your estate, which means that somebody is going to have to go open a probate just to get access to the funds from your 401k when you could have had that go to someone automatically. Um, and that's time and money, right? And Yeah, and it's just so simple to do. It most, As Katie said, your, your, your 401k plan probably has a website that you can go to and designate your beneficiary on the website without having to do anything. And even if you have to download a form and fill it out and fax it into someone, it'll take you five minutes, maybe. And, and, and you just, you write down the name of the person you want the, the, the 401k to go to when you pass away and it's done and they'll get that money when you pass away and you won't have to probate it. And it saves so much time, so much money. It's just, it, it's such a simple thing to do. So please do that. Please very much. Please do that. Okay, the last really, you know, soapbox moment I got here is don't just leave a job and not take your money. I know that sounds crazy. It's like, well, of course, you know, yeah. I'm not going to leave a job and just leave my money there. Do people do that? <laughs> people. So what happens is that people will leave a job and they think that when they leave, like they, they don't worry about those retirement plans they're like oh well there wasn't much in there or i don't even know if i have if i had anything because there is something called the vesting schedule and so depending again every company is different sometimes it could be that if you're not there x amount of time then you may not get some of the employer match Mm -hmm. but the money you put in is always yours so at the very least if you've put some money in a plan that's your money and so when you I hear of so many people that are like, oh, well, I think I maybe have one from here and then one from there, but I was only there for a little bit. And they just leave them all like dangling out there. And that's, that's number one, a headache. You're going to forget about it. And so something that I, I please beg of you, if you leave a job as part of your like closing it off from your life, check on where that money is, how much of it is yours and See if either you want to leave it with the plan that they have, like if it's with a company like a Fidelity or something like that, then 
Um, if you want to leave it there and make sure that you have ownership of it, number one, make sure that they have the correct email addresses and phone numbers. Cause a lot of times you'll set these up and it'll be associated with your work, work email, email yeah. which is gone, gone, um, <laughs> gone, gone. Yes. Uh, it go bye-bye. It's gone. Um, <laughs> but it, this is your money. So you have the ability to take over, make sure you know what's happening with that money or you can even take it out of wherever it is and roll it into your personal IRA, individual retirement account, where you can then manage it and you can open yourself up to all different kinds of opportunities to invest it. But that's not even the best part of that. The best part of it is that it's, if y'all are like me, keeping everything together. Because if you're having to remember, oh, I've got a 401k plan from that bakery I worked at, that's at Fidelity, and then I've got this 401k plan from this place that's at Merrill Lynch, and then I've got this one, it's going to be a headache. And yeah, you may think, oh, that's only, you know, $3,000, or that's only, you know, $5,000. Every little bit helps when it comes to retirement, and so you can kind of like pull it all together. And every little bit grows. Exactly. I mean, you know, depending on what age you are, if you leave $5,000 somewhere and forget about it when you're in your early 30s, then that's going to keep going mm-hmm. for a while. So, And we've had people that have forgotten about things, and then we've um, partnered with them, gotten on the phone, and tried to find this money, and it was eaten to death by fees. Because where they left it, um, it just, it was, at that point, the the company, you know, there there was no... There was no person supporting it and backing it. And so they just, they didn't hear from them. So it kept getting eaten up to death by fees versus if they had taken some of that money, put it somewhere, it could have grown. So if you leave a job as your housekeeping, take your money with you. And if you're a nervous Nelly and you don't want to call this company, that's where you get a partner like us. I mean, we've done so many conference calls with people saying, hey, this person's leaving. What do they need to do to make sure they've got ownership of this account? And have that money working for you and not just sitting there collecting dust and getting eaten up by fees. And not being effectively invested and, you know, all other sorts of things. There are, there are any number of reasons where why you might move your money, roll it over mm-hmm. into an IRA. There are many reasons why you might leave it in the yeah. 401k program. It's, it's a question of determining what's going to be in your best interests and that is that is something that we have to do and that we have to analyze whenever we're making a recommendation, mm-hmm. what is going to be in your best interest. But it is something that you'll want to keep track of. And you'll want to make sure that when you do leave one job to go to another, that you at least know where your money is and what it's doing, how it's invested, so on and so forth. Yeah, but the money you put in is always yours. It's always yours. The matching may be questionable depending on how long you were there, but at the very least, it is yours. And so... To kind of tack on to the other things, you know, we talked about the difference of the money going in. If you chose it was in your best interest to take the money out of whatever plan was with the 401k and you decided to roll it over into your own individual IRA, then if you had money in there that was that you put in that was Roth, but then you had an employer match, then what would happen is you would open up two accounts, two individual accounts. One with the Roth, which would be your money, and then one with traditional, which would have been that employer matching money. So that's where, that's another thing that people get ask a lot of questions on. Well, why am I having to open up two? I just had one 401k account. But if it's 
chosen that it's in your best interest to move it out of the current plan, then it does have to split into two to keep those dollars separate when it comes out of the 401k plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a G. Did we do did we do G? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we already covered that. I, yeah, because I kind of listed these out and then realized how they're all so intertwined that yeah. it's you, you know, you making sure that you're enrolled and the contributions and but really that that matching thing was a huge thing I've been hearing a lot lately mm-hmm. of people having that misconception and a uh, thank you to those who uh, I, I picked on y'all and told your examples of. If you listen, I guess I'll find out if you listen because hey, you're calling me out. Yeah, why'd I, you do that? Exactly. Now if I, I will find out if they don't dum listen dum. to me because then you know, dum dum, give me gum gum. <laughs> But I okay. say this all out of love. I want y'all <laughs> to know these. And I'm starting to bullseye again, so I might as well just let's start I'm just, bullseye. There's a line from a movie. I'm just I'm just telling it like it is. It's an it's an Irish mother, I think, a Chicago Irish mother. I'm just telling it like it is. And I can't do an Irish accent, so I'm not gonna try, but Oh, a last little caveat thing, a little thing to throw in there. Like, you're never too young or too old. So a business that is starting a new 401k plan for their employees. This gentleman is, I think he's like 62, and he's like, well, I mean, I'm already too old. I don't need to sign up for this. No, wrong answer. If your employer is giving you this benefit, take advantage of it. And flip side, oh, I'll I'll deal with that later. I I need all the money I can get. Now, come and talk to us. Let's do a budget. Let's figure that out. But if at all possible, just just do it. Please just do Do it. it. Your future self will thank you. Okay, now we can bullseye. Sorry. Okay, now <laughs> you can bullseye, Katie. Okay, you're working, you're working hard for that money. What is your bullseye? You're working nine to five. You, okay. How, how many songs can I throw in here? Um, you know, maybe a manic... Working for a living. It may be a manic Monday, but if you have the opportunity, I want you... I feel like I need to be that Uncle Sam photo. Like, I need you join the army. I want you to sign up for your retirement plan. I want you to either do the digging and read the fine print or get a partner to help you. But I want you to make sure you are taking advantage of every possibility you can. You want to make sure they're taking care of business? I want you to take care of business, (laughs) maximize that matching opportunity if you can, if it fits in your overall plan. Don't have the working man blues. (laughs) (laughs) Figure out how you want to invest it. Figure it out. And if you say that, take that job and shove it <laughs> and make sure you take the 401k with you My word. and make sure you're managing it. Cause these are such precious dollars, but I mean, seriously, guys, these are common mistakes that I see every day. And it's, I'm, I'm thankful that I get to help people change these mistakes and really make sure that it changes their future plans but I wanted to make sure you guys all know about it. And if you do need any help with it, then get that partner to help you out. Because this is, those websites are crazy. They're they're confusing for sure. And I know everyone uses jargon with it. So just take ownership, take care of business, and get it handled. Bullseye. Okay, mine's short and sweet. Uh, Katie covered it all, as usual. She's <laughs> always just blah, 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 blah. I'm going to take everything, and so Court doesn't have anything left. But the one I thing didn't she didn't... I say hi-ho. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, uh, so my bullseye is just going to be simple. Please designate a beneficiary. Please do it. It's it's such an easy thing, and it, ma- it will make your beneficiaries' lives much easier once you are gone, if you are gone. Uh, and, I mean, you know, if you find a way to be immortal, then great. Good on you. 
Um, but if you don't, then have that beneficiary designated. That's my bullseye. There's the closing bell. Ladies and gentlemen, you have made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Path Podcast. If you liked what you heard and uh, you would like to hear more of Katie and me and potentially another guy named Cameron, who we hardly even mentioned this episode. Aww, I feel bad about buddy. that. Um, we if were you would, a little bit more serious this episode. Yeah. If you'd like to hear more from the three of us, then please feel free to... Uh, Go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have our podcast delivered to you every single Thursday. Um, if you want to find out more about me and more about Katie and more about Cameron, that silent, silent partner that we have, um, please feel free to go hey, to our website. the man behind the curtain. Indeed. Um, go to our website. That website is bullcastpodcast.com. You can read about Katie, read about Court, read about Cameron, and you can also leave comments. You can, uh, you can talk about the topic that we talked about, ask us questions. You can throw out some topics that you'd like to hear us say more about. Or if, uh, as, as usual, we miss dozens of pop culture references per episode, feel free to throw those out to us too. Um, and we will respond if required. If not, then we will just take your comment with the love uh, that you meant it and, uh, and move on with our lives. Uh, we also have a Twitter handle. That handle is at Bullcast Podcast. You can do all of the same stuff there except for read our bios. Um, and we have uh, the picture thing, the Instagrams. We have the pictures on Are the you Instagrams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you can go to Instagram and check us out there. Our handle on Instagram is also at Bullcast Podcast. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, Cameron, Katie, and I all work at a place called Bickler. Wealth Advisors. And if you'd like to find out more about the three of us, we've got bios on that website as well. You can also find out more about our awesome team, what exactly it is we do at Pickler Wealth Advisors, and our boss, David Pickler, by going to that website, the address of which is picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with an O, not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, you now have all of the appropriate and proper instructions for living your life that's all I'm going to tell you. In the meantime, you have now heard from Court and Katie. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>